Are you FaceTiming me? Dad, I'm about to record the podcast. No, you're already doing it. You're already <laughs> recording. We're in the middle of the recording the podcast. You're recording it? Yeah. Oh my god. Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends explain, rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. This means each week, two or one of us will explain a movie to the other two or one of us in its entirety. Since this is a center for spoilers, if you haven't seen this week's movie, tune out and tune back in once you have. For other spoiler timestamps, check out our Instagram and Twitter at WeExplainMovies. Here's how it's going to go. We're going to start off with what we watched this week, move into some movie-related questions, followed by the explanation, and then we're going to close out with our watchlist ads and recommendations. You're listening to We Explain Movies. Hi! We have a special guest in the studio today. Her name is Mulligan Drive. It's our new microphone. It's our new microphone and she's beautiful. We love Evan Rachel Peters, but... She died. She died. (laughs) She died. Anyway, welcome our new microphone. She's a queen. Yep. She's beautiful. She's named after Carrie Mulligan and a movie we've done on the podcast. Obviously. Drive. So good. The best. Yes. And I don't know if we, we kind of pointed this out, but Kimmy is back in San Diego. Yes. So this is one of our in-person episodes. I hope yes. we continue it, to It almost feels like we're like starting from scratch in a way. New mic, we're all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's nice. We're almost all completely vaccinated. Yes. Yes. Oh. We're not even done with this round. It feels like it's been a billion years. This round has gone on for a long time. Yeah. We still have like two more episodes left in this round. <laughs> After this. Oh, and we still yeah. don't know what that is. Hopefully we'll find it by the end of this episode. <laughs> we, we mentioned ours. Huh? We did. Oh. <laughs> I just mimed it for you guys. You're welcome. And I have no idea what you are talking about. <laughs> Dancing But why time? time? The ground. What are you doing? What it is right now. The night. Oh, yeah. Don't put that on the pot. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing the movie Ali, as promised last week. So you're welcome. <laughs> and hello. Please stay. We're nice. <laughs> um. So yeah, before we get into that, let's talk about what we watched. And we're going to have to limit it because it's been ages since we've done a what we watched. And we've seen everything, so... Yay! The two things I wanted to talk about the most, which I've been shouting from the rooftops to everyone, they're TV shows. Oh. One of them being The O.C. Guys, I love teen drama. I've decided (laughs) I'm officially obsessed with all teen dramas that are good. Dawson's Creek sucked fucking butts, you guys. That was the most boring thing I've ever watched. (laughs) I stopped it because it was so lame. Whereas The O.C. The O.C. I'm just fucking, I'm speeding. Like, since the last time you guys listened for me, I don't know how long ago that was, but I'm midway through season three. I might as well be done with the show. There's only one left. There's only one season left. Yeah. I don't really know what else to say, except that getting to that iconic mm, What You Say episode was sick, and it's going to tie into something else I'm going to talk about today. Ooh la la. Ooh, ooh, sexy. Okay, the other thing I watched that's a show, I haven't really been shouting this from the rooftops, but I have been very, like, wanting to talk about it is Game of Thrones, because I'm a layman, and I watched it, like, way later than everybody, and then Dakota and I were watching it so slow, like, we could have caught up in time to watch the last season when it was live, but we just were, like, 
not, I don't know. I think it was my <laughs> fault. I just like never really got super into it. Like when we started it in season one, I felt like I was really into it. We were into it for a while and then we kind of fell off and I just felt like I was forcing myself to watch it because he wanted to and also because like we had committed to it. But I never was really that excited. And then recently we picked it up again. And I think we were, I mean, spoilers for Game of Thrones, but we were at the part where Jon Snow like had just gotten killed. And so I think that's like beginning of season six. Because season six, seven, and eight are very short. The point is, after that, for some reason, I was just like fucking hyped on the show. Mm. Like maybe because I gave it like a year of breathing room. But I was super hyped. And I know people started to get, not everyone, but a lot of people started to kind of lose interest at that point. Like, oh, the show is kind of going downhill, but I was like, this is the spiciest shit I've ever seen. I feel like it reminds me of the Avengers movies when everyone starts meeting each other and, like, getting reunited. And so I loved those seasons because I was like, oh my god, like, Sansa hasn't seen Jon Snow in forever. This is awesome. I loved all that kind of stuff. And then Littlefinger's death is, like, one of the best episodes of television. Be I just thought... satisfying, it. yeah. <sighs> because you, like, Why see is him... He Yeah, he, like, manipulates people the entire fucking show, and I forgot how much bad shit he did. Like, I forgot until they laid on the table. Mm. He just, like, he gets people killed with the lies he tells and the shit he says. He's just, like, whispering in people's ears and pissing people off at other people. Mm -hmm. And always kind of, like, backing away after he manipulates people. Anyway, point of the story is I was super on board until Daenerys fucking torches King's Landing. Mm Mm-hmm. I so don't buy that. Yeah, you and everybody else. Yeah. That was, I mean, it's only like two episodes before the end, but it's like, man, you really could have written a better ending. Yeah. I would just like to throw this out into the air because I said it while we were watching the show and then I said this to Kimmy and I'm just, I'm going to die on this hill. There's that part where they kill, what's her name? They behead her. Sandy. Yes. They kill her. Cersei like whispers in her ear, like say your last words and she's up on this like really high place where you think they're gonna like push her off or something and I was like this would be a sick moment like character wise it wouldn't really be like a character getting vengeance or anything it would just be sick knowing you're gonna die she should have grabbed the queen and jumped off because if you know you're gonna die why not take down the main villain with you that would have been sick Harry with Voldemort Together. Yeah, together. <laughs> can, can you imagine if she said that? I'm going to finish it the way we started, Tom. Together. together. Um, yeah, anyway, so I'm pissed, and... Yeah, I'm sorry, but... But I also, there was a lot of good stuff. Like, I'm glad I finished it. We'll go to the club. Now I can say that I did. Yeah. So, two other things I wanted to talk about. One is just kind of silly, and I just wanted to make, like, a brief comment on it. Mitch really wanted us to watch Eurovision, <laughs> us meaning me and Dakota, And we were like, all right, you twisted my arm, let's watch Eurovision. It really wasn't, like, the worst thing ever. It didn't do me any crimes. It just just was there. And there were parts where I definitely laughed, and there was a lot of good singing and stuff, and it was, like, cute. Um, But what I, my main takeaway from the movie is that I want that song to win the Oscars so hardcore. It was Hmm. the most beautiful fucking song. I've listened to it probably 62 times since the movie. Wow, I, just, yeah. I didn't get to that part of the movie before. <laughs> yeah, I it's sick. And Rachel McAdams isn't actually singing it, but no. she looks beautiful. And in the music video, she just, I mean, she's a great actress. And she looks like she's in love with the song. It's beautiful. And then the last thing I watched is The Invitation. This connects to mm. the OC because the famous say the guy who gets shot, is the protagonist in The Invitation, yeah. and he was the heart and soul of that movie. I thought it was pretty sick. 
we were looking for something to watch, and we wanted to watch, like, a thriller or a horror, and it was on Netflix, and we had just heard the boys talk about it on their Fifty Shades episode they did with us. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that about it. I would say, um, I think the movie would have affected me more if I hadn't watched one BR with you because the ending was so similar. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just thought that it was... There were times where I was like, I don't know if this is good. But then there was a lot of stuff where I was like, well, maybe it is all in his head. Or maybe there's something sinister going on, but it's not what I think. And then shit, I just feel like flips really quick. And because I still believe the protagonist and I'm following his story and I'm like rooting for him, that I still liked it the whole time. I watched more stuff, obviously, but those are my highlights. Cool, yo. Moving into what Kimmy and I watched together. Not together. Together, but in relation to one another. <laughs> yeah, I watched it on an airplane, and as soon as that oh, you airplane... Did? Yeah, I did, because I, I rented it on Amazon. I watched Shiva Baby, um, and I rented it on Amazon, downloaded it on the airplane, and <laughs> it, like, opens with sex. Yeah. And I was oh, like, really? I'm on an airplane! <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> lowering my brightness, but thankfully it's not like you don't see That's anything. So but I was laughing so much on the airplane but also it's an anxiety attack of a yeah. movie oh really the soundtrack is like hereditary it's like ding 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 while this poor girl is at a shiva and i loved it but like the plane lands and the movie ends and i just thought of a funny letterbox review and so i'm like <laughs> while people are like up deboarding the plane and i was like same thing happened to my jewish friend kimmy yeah. Uh, and that got her to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I was like, guess I better find out what I did. And <laughs> <laughs> the same thing did not happen to Kimmy no, if you see Shiva Baby. I just was like, she would like this. No, but, I say something. So I, I wrote, what I wrote was, um, you know, I was prompted to watch this after what my friend Courtney wrote about it. And after watching it, I can confirm this has, in fact, happened to me. Kimmy has run into her sugar daddy at a show. <laughs> so, obviously, that exact thing has not happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I was fully expecting that to be the reality. But it was funny because, situationally, some of that stuff has happened to me. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I related to it in that way. And I wasn't expecting that because I was like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, it's hysterical. It's just over bearing and overwhelming family members and then uh, they're they're Jewish and so they just have this huge community of like all this poor girl has to like meet her mom's cousin's friend's sister and all this Mm -hmm. stuff and all of them are commenting on her body all of them are commenting on her impending graduation oh she's she's still doing that arts thing you know she just makes it up she's majoring in gender studies that's not even a thing (laughs) it's it's so funny yeah um but it's also anxiety you look like Gwyneth Paltrow on food stamps (laughs) (laughs) they're all making fun of how skinny she is yeah and like the whole movie they're just like I think she's anorexic and there's just this great little nugget in there of, like, all these family members and all these strangers watching her each time she walks by some food, and they're all like, oh, is she gonna eat something? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and she is, they don't see her, but she's literally eating everything. Like, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. For people who don't know what a shiva is, I'm so sorry, a shiva is when somebody in the family dies, you all go to the next Zipkin's house, the immediate family of that person who died's house, and you sit in there. Like, the, the immediate family sits in there for, like, seven days. Oh, my gosh. Is that long? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, traditionally. So and people come and go. People come uh, and go and visit uh, you and bring food. And you all just sit in the house and talk about the person who that's died. That's kind of nice. It yeah. is. It's, a, it's about catharsis. And it's, yeah. like, communal grieving. And it's nice, you know. 
Oh, but nice. you also have to be stuck in a house with all the relatives who right. you don't want to be around. Yeah. So, no, I was cackling. I was laughing so hard <laughs> because a lot of shit has been said to me, but I also cried too. Oh yeah, it gets emotional. Yeah, and I was like, it like I'm not gonna say the scene, but the the scene in the bathroom yeah. happens, and I was like, <laughs> start crying. <laughs> I thought that it was that the anxiety ridden part. I felt like. That's, they're making you feel this person's feelings. Oh, definitely. And I thought that that was really clever. And even though it's kind of monotonous and repetitive, that's how it is. Like, Mm -hmm. you have to see that these, tell the different family members the story over and over again about your life and your, your purposelessness and stuff. And I don't know, I, I thought it was really well done and I was, I was dying laughing. I thought it was so funny. Yeah, it's really good. Short and sweet. Great collaboration between the lead actress and the writer-director. Mm-hmm. I have been following Rachel Sennett, the, the lead, on Twitter since I got a Twitter. I don't know. Oh, really? I didn't know who she was. And I've been following this girl who posts hysterical things for years. Huh. And then suddenly, like... Earlier in the year, she's like, can't wait for my film premiere. And I was like, haha, that's funny. Like, she's kidding. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it, she's got a movie. And as soon as I saw she had a movie, I was like, excuse me? Like, she just posts, like, the most hysterical stuff on Would that be like Twitter. if Sabina randomly yes. was starring in a movie? Uh, you want to know who went to the Shiva Baby premiere? Sabina? Sabina. <laughs> <laughs> that's sister. Sister. Oh, oh. Yeah. Her she just, would. Yeah, she posted herself all dressed up for the Shiva Baby premiere, and I was like, cool! We need to make friends! So, I Dude, loved let's it. get one of them on our podcast. I would happily bring Sabina on here. Okay, Sabina! Tag her in one of our Instagram posts so that she can listen to I the think I will. Yeah. I think I will. Dude! Hey, this is uh, Sabina saying, hey, what's up, girl? We love you, Sabina. Sabina? <laughs> Sabina. Sabina? Sabina. Give my kimono we, back. We love your sister, too, but she says your name in one of the videos, and therefore it's stuck in my head forever and Exactly. Always. I actually know her sister's name. Annabelle. Yep. Got it. <laughs> Nailed it. Good Steve, job. we love you both. We love both of you. Anyways, Shiva Baby is really good. It's only like six ninety nine on renting oh, platforms. Check okay, it out. cool. Yeah. I, I didn't watch too much on my own, so do you want me to go next, or do you yeah, want to go, go next? Okie dokie. I watched my last two David Fincher films. Yeah. Woo! I've seen his whole filmography. Wow. And also in the middle of like a rewatch, so rewatched all of Mindhunter, which was sexual. Bill Tench, if you're out there. <laughs> <laughs> I am single. Wow. I'm sorry because I feel like this is the first time that I've Wait, heard about what's your his name? desires for Bill Tench. It only came about with this most recent one. Okay, okay. Walt McCallany. <laughs> Because, like, we talked about Bill Tenge in the Greenland episode, and you were just like, oh, that guy. And you no, were like... No, what happened is we said the big guy from Mindhunter, and I was and like... I wanted it to be oh, Ed you, Yeah, oh, and yeah. I said, oh, the partner, and then Courtney was like, oh, eh. Yeah. You were like, no. <laughs> That's because if you set me up to get Ed Kemper, I'm going to be upset when it's not Ed Kemper. So here's Sorry, the first Connor he's Brayton. married to his longtime girlfriend. He's also my dad's age. But that's not even the point. I also watched uh, his Rick Springfield concert, which was a yes. laugh and a half. It was a laugh? Oh my god, it was hysterical. <laughs> so yeah, watched David's stuff. That was delightful. And in terms of other things I want to talk about, um, no. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm good. Okay, what did I watch? I watched The World to Come about pioneer lesbians. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did watch that. Yeah. Well, I also did not like the movie. Mm. It's it's 
about pioneers and they meet each other and they're they love each other but their husbands like get in the way i just i just feel like we're 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 done making movies about lesbians like this i said that when you added it to your watch list yeah like we've seen it like the lesbians <laughs> love each other lesbians yeah. love each other and they conform to society in the end and they part and it's sad and then they they die and they <laughs> die one of them dies and they don't oh. get to be together wow they went the full kill your lesbians trope that's right christopher wow. abbott kills his wife and <gasps> oh my and then they can't be together you just <laughs> <laughs> don't watch it you know don't that's watch fine. it i took one for the team because you know casey affleck produced it and yeah, he's I wasn't also gonna oh, he produced it yeah and he decided not to watch it, it when i saw Whoa. that so you know now you don't have to go watch it and give him money okay anyways i watch I'm going to talk about the thing that I also didn't like, and then I'm going to finish with something that I did, okay? I watched Cherry. Oh. Oh. I was so excited, you guys. Uh, Yeah. Who's the gal in it? That 12-year-old. Oh. What? She's like 12. She's not 12. She she looks like she's 12, (laughs) and they're like, she's married to Tom Holland, and I'm like, no, she's not. he looks 12. Yeah, he looks 12. Yeah, they tried to put like a mustache on him. Ew. Oh my. (laughs) Did they? (laughs) You sound like an 18th century. Did they? Did they? (laughs) He's 40 years old. No, he's not. It was just like overly stylized, like overly Mm. stylized, like they're trying to make it like a drug trip, but it was like kind of pointless, like- None of this is like enhancing the narrative. Like none of it is make it doesn't make sense. And also I had no empathy for any of the characters. Everybody was equally unlikable and I'm like, wow, we're just talking about how shitty this guy's life is and then and then and then he gets arrested cuz he's shitty. I'm really sorry if this movie is trying to highlight how our government system fails veterans. Or, you know, a, a conversation about the opioids and, or, like, heroin ep- epidemic or whatever. Oh. Just, or, like, the, the, the poverty gap or something. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I, I'm so sorry. I didn't care about anybody. I just, it just sounds like they tried to and they did a bad job. Yeah. It doesn't that, mean that's not an epidemic, but they, they didn't do it well. They made an, they made an indie movie like to look like a blockbuster and they should have just gone with it indie mm-hmm. like they should have just done it indie style instead are you gonna end with the other apple tv yes <laughs> so yeah i'm not gonna watch cherry because i only have apple tv for one goddamn reason and now yeah. it's over and i'm gonna cancel i got apple tv specifically to watch cherry but then i also realized that dickinson was on there yes and i had one week to watch two seasons oh shit and I finished the last episode of season two on the day that my wow. subscription started. So I canceled it just in time. Yes, Sick. that's working the system, boy. That's what I did with season one. Yeah. Season two, I was like, I will pay for you. And I watched it week to week. Ugh. Oh, nice. I yeah. love that. It was. It's a great week to week show. It's really funny. It's, it's funny. So good. Oh, it's funny? It oh is Oh my God, funny. it's hysterical. Ooh. It's beautiful. It's sexual. It's tragic. It's so good. Oh. Wow. I'm, I'm sure that... Courtney said this, but I forgot until it came on the screen. Emily Dickinson, Haley Steinfeld's character, has like hallucinations or like visions of death, like personified. Mm-hmm. And Wiz Khalifa plays death. Oh, it's fucking hilarious! It is. It's hilarious. And then John Mulaney plays 
Henry David Thoreau, who wrote I remember Walden. that part really well. It's so funny. I talked about him. And he's shirtless. And yeah. Sosha Mamet as Louisa May Alcott was yeah. peak. But then in season two, I told Kayleen this about how Nick Kroll was Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Funny. Yeah, and now I'm obsessed with the girl who plays Sue. Mm. Yeah, it was it was adorable. And I can't wait for season three. Me too. They're already cool. filming. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that's all I watched. Yay! Alrighty. Well, since we're talking about Ali this week, we just figured let's go the typical route. We don't know when the fuck we're going to do a sports movie again because... Never! Who cares about <laughs> sports? I'm alright. Anyway, what's your favorite sports movie? <laughs> I don't mind when I go for this one. I don't one. care either. Okay, I'll go, go first. Okay, my favorite sports movie is Warrior. This is with Tom Hardy and Joel Egerton. Uh, That's the same man. <laughs> well, they're brothers in it. I think they're the same person. <laughs> they're brothers. It's a boxing movie. Mm-hmm. A, yeah. A fighting movie. Much like Ollie. Yeah. And I, I really like fighting movies. Mm. I always, like, this is the kind of movie where I go into it always being like, I don't know, but then I come out, like, at the, at the climax of the movie, like, get him! Get him! Mm-hmm. And it was definitely one of those, and I liked it because it's definitely like a like a brute kind of film. It's gritty, it's dark, but it's very touching, too. So I really like that, and I I just love movies about brothers, you guys know. Yeah, like the movie Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) Kimmy, have you ever seen Million Dollar Baby? I haven't. I watched it when I was too young for me to actually have, like, an opinion about it now, but it's, I mean, it's female boxing. I feel like you would like it. Uh, yeah, I... And it's fucking depressing. Yeah, I know... You would love that! The only scene... (laughs) 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 Depressing! You love that! Remember when you cried at dinner? (laughs) Remember when I walked in here crying? Yes. Uh, yeah, I just, I know, the only part of that movie that I have seen is, like, the ending pivotal scene. No, do you know I'm, what she does before that that makes him decide to do that? She tells him to. No, no, no. Oh, in between <laughs> that, there's a horrific scene. You go watch it and let me know how you feel about it. <laughs> I want to know what it is. Do you want me to tell you? No, no. No, oh, no, no. Because no. that's you the only thing it. about the movie that I know about. Okay, so. I'll tell you. I'll text it to you right now. <laughs> you guys are sharing a secret. <laughs> what could she possibly do? He's <laughs> secret. Secret secrets are no fun unless they're secrets for everyone. Unless they're about Hillary Swank. She. <laughs> Wait, keep talking. Okay, there you go. What if I actually send it to the group? <laughs> I didn't like Kimmy's gonna go watch this tonight because of the FOMO. I didn't like that, but I get it. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, it's good. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> anyway, I think you would like it. I just don't remember if it's a good movie or not because I was It won little. the Oscar. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. For Best Picture? Wow. Was it Best Picture? It won, and I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you should go. You should add that to your watch list this All week. Right, here I know. <laughs> <laughs> Is she going to add it on Letterboxd right now? <laughs> My favorite sports movie, me, Kayleen here. I'm going to go with... Four, but one of them is a slash because two of them are the same movie, so it's more like five. Okay. <laughs> Honorable mentions. Here we go. Like Mike. Love it. Slay, bitch. Yes. Okay. Second honorable mention from my childhood is Motocrossed slash She's the Man because they're the same fucking movie. Gotcha. 
kill it, bitches. Another honorable mention is dodgeball. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge, dodge a ball. ball. I haven't seen that in ages. Let's explain that to Kimmy. Yeah. You've not seen dodgeball? No, I've seen dodgeball. No. Wow, you guys. Oh, really? What's yeah. their team name? <laughs> <laughs> Average know. Joes. And then my real answer is I, Tanya. Not, okay, there we go. Mm, and, that's one of my honorable mentions. Uh, I didn't really say anything about any of these movies, but I like them all. And I don't know. For some reason, like, when I think of them, I don't think of them as sports movies, even though they all revolve around the sport. Yeah. Like, they trick me into thinking that they're not sports movies, and that's why I watch them. Mm. Obvi- and also, another thing is I, Tanya kind of has some parallels to the movie we're going to talk about today. Mm. I'll probably forget to mention them, but they're there. You'll see. Cool. Okay, on my honorable mentions list was I, Tanya as well. That was the figure skating movie I needed growing up. However, mm. in um, sixth Ooh, grade... Ice Princess! Is that what she was just about to say? Oh, oh God, she's oh going to stab you. Oh, my God, oh, my God, Courtney, Courtney. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Courtney, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, in, in sixth grade, I did a biography... And not on Tanya Harding. I did it on Nancy Kerrigan. And I was like, you'll never believe some crazy person smashed <laughs> her knee. I was a figure skater growing up. <laughs> <laughs> um, other things related to my childhood are Ice Princess. That's what mm-hmm. made me become a figure skater. And um, Stick It. Oh. A gymnastics movie. Fun. I had other ones, but I feel like those three encompassed... The kind of sports I actually care about. Mm. I love figure skating. I love gymnastics. Oh, Bring It On, mm. also a classic. But, yeah. Stick It, that's a really good movie. Also, it knows what it's doing. Let's talk about the Bring It On sequel or Hayden Panettiere, Crumbs. <sighs> yes. Wow. Good sports movies. Yeah. Now, moving into our second question, and I haven't told them who this is, but we'll find out as I start explaining the movie. I said, name an actor who was physically unrecognizable as their character. I also clarified this is not about Will Smith. No, I was trying to clarify in case they looked at pictures that they were like, my friend is stupid. That's Will Smith. Yeah. Ooh, I wonder who it is. Uh, no, somebody else. And my example was Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill because I wanted to clarify what I meant. Yeah. So that's a question. I also claimed I wanted to go first. My main answer is John Lithgow in Bombshell. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. That was just like, that was the first one I thought of when I thought of this question, mm. because he's so good at playing a villain, but usually, I guess not usually, when he plays a villain, he usually just looks like himself, like in Dexter, and he's just good at being scary. Yeah. But in that, he like looks like a totally different person. I don't know what the real person actually looks like, but I imagine his persona is exactly that, and it's fucking gross and horrible. Yeah, wow. And I totally believe him as that role. That's a good answer. Yeah, thank you. Okay, I'll go next. My honorable mention, both of mine are like career people too. My honorable mention one being Charlize Theron in The Shit She Does. Mm. (laughs) Monster is just the antithesis of Atomic Blonde. I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. I just know what she looks like in it. Yeah. Not like anyone... She's she would not the fucking dime piece that Charlize exactly. is exactly, and then I just love to Tully. She still looks like herself, obviously, mm. but just the, the the things that woman puts her body through, I am shocked. Yeah, um, and I think that she's she's really a chameleon in that way, the same way Johnny Depp is. And my real answer would be Johnny Depp in Tusk, because when I oh, saw Tusk, I don't know what he looks like. Show me pick Johnny Depp's in Tusk. Okay, so when I saw Tusk, it was like a brand new movie. Didn't even really see, like, much going on with it. 
watch the whole goddamn movie, and then the credits start rolling, and it's, like, Johnny Depp. And I went, what? Who? fucking leave. Wow, I, I think you've told me about him being in it, but I didn't know he was, like, done up to not look like himself. I was shocked. Um, I, I, and he has a French accent the whole time, Ooh. and then, like, once you know it's him, it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's Johnny Depp. Oh, but okay. But not if you're watching, like, a little Canadian film where you don't know any of the yeah, cast besides, I get, like... I get what you're saying. His nose yeah. is pretty... I think the person I'm gonna bring up from Ali is the same way. If you see yeah. him not knowing, you're like, who the fuck is that? And then once you know, you can't unsee it. Yeah, look at the prosthetics they got going on with him. He made a face like that the whole movie. Oh. And he's got the best line in the movie, too, where he's, like, explaining all the bad stuff that's happened, and he goes, yeah, it was one fuck of a bummer. Wow. <laughs> and I thought it was really funny, but I had no idea Johnny Depp was in Tusk. Now Sick. I look stupid, but I don't care. At the time, I was like, that wasn't... No, I, I totally really cool. get that. Yeah. yeah. I thought this was hard because we know, like, faces so well that mm. nobody's truly unrecognizable. Except that, that, that... Johnny Depp and Tusk! I, I, I love that that was the answer because I couldn't think of anything. Mm. So these are, you know, I, I suppose maybe to the untrained eye, these people would be unrecognizable, but I just really appreciate their transformations. Mm. So my honorable mention is... Rooney Mara as Lisbeth Salander in Girl the Dragon Tattoo. Mm-hmm. It's like she looks like an adorable regular white girl every other day until they bleach her eyebrows and give her gauges and give her a mohawk and she looks dope as fuck. Um, and my real answer is Christian Bale as Dick Cheney. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he looks like Christian Bale, but he also looks like Dick Cheney. Yeah, he does. Yes, like yes. he becomes Dick Cheney. Yeah. And like, yeah. that thing that's. So oh, I'm really glad. That was my honorable mention, but I'm, gl- I'm glad I didn't say it, so you could say it. Cool. Prediction time. Kayleen said there's somebody in the movie who's unrecognizable to us, and I tried to gather that from the trailer, but the trailer was fucking blurry. I was just gonna say that they actually showed him several I, times, I and I was, I, know who it I was like, bless. I'll try to see if Kimmy can guess when we get to that part then. Okay, um... Like, Muhammad Ali is a boxer. Mm-hmm. He, I'm guessing, had, like, a time in his career where it was like, Ali is down, he'll never fight again. <laughs> but then he comes and he fights, and I think the big fight is with a guy named Frazier. Oh, that's some knowledge. Is that in this? Frazier's the, the in this, Frazier yeah. fight. Frazier's in this. He wins. <laughs> <laughs> he gets arrested at some point. I think I know why he's arrested. Mm, Okay. But that's just... I guess I'll let Kimmy guess first yeah. and then see if you think you know what it is. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know anything about Muhammad Ali's life, so... I, I, I didn't either. Yeah. I feel very educated, honestly, after this. I, I like, like his quotes. He's a very... Yeah. He's a very mm-hmm. philosophical man with a lot of good nuggets in there. From what I gather from the trailer and from what I don't know about his life, mm-hmm. especially his early life, it, it seems like he's being portrayed as kind of like a... A cocky guy in his greener days. That is a huge part of his personality. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, all of his quotes are like, I'm so fucking confident! Yeah. <laughs> I'm the hottest man alive! All of his quotes are like, I am the greatest because I say I'm the greatest. Yeah. They're very inspiring. <laughs> yeah, very inspiring. And I, I th- it looked like there was a point where maybe his, his cockiness was louder than his actions mm. and he loses a fight or whatever. And there's a bunch of, like, or whatever. press against him. Mm. You know, like, he's not very, he's not looked upon very highly in the press, it seems like. And he's dealing with some kind of public outcry. 
or something. I guess I wish I could get specific, but I just really don't know. No, I get you. There's a lot in this movie about race. Okay. Half the plot is about race. Okay, that's And not- I don't mean, like, just... It's barely even, like, about him. It's just about, like, civil rights. Yeah. Is the his conviction part of the plot? Because I don't want to spoil it then. Because it's... Do you know it for a fact? The political thing that he did? Uh, well, there's, there's something that he refuses. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I know then, it is. then if you know it, then we'll say it. Okay, then yeah. I won't say it. Um, yeah. So I know why he is put on trial and all that, and I think he wants to be a hero, and I love that, that scene in the trailer of him with all the kids on the street mm. and everything, and Will Smith just has that charisma where I would, I wouldn't doubt that that line was improvised. Yeah, yeah. Um, just him with them. And so Jamie Foxx is his manager? Or his best friend. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They've known each other a long time. He's getting him in on the fights. He's trying to manage his life as best as he can. He really, it's it's just a matter of standing up for what is right, being a fighter. He's got a love interest. I don't know his love life, so she's there. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I'm excited to hear the ins and outs and the the details. That'll be cool. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe one of you is going to know this as a fact, and without giving you too much detail... If you had to guess another very famous person who's actually going to be, like, a huge part in this movie... Oh. Do you know it for sure? No, but oh. I would guess Malcolm X. Okay. Malcolm X is a huge part in this movie. Sick! Is that Whoa, who is what? the person we don't know is playing Malcolm no. X? No. <laughs> Darn it! <laughs> yeah, I figured, I figured that that would be an important thing. Yeah. And I didn't know it for a fact. I wasn't trying to well, cool. be a dick. <laughs> cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Fun facts later about the Malcolm X movie, too. Sweet. I want to watch that movie as well. Yeah. I don't know anything about that movie, either. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Getting into it, I have a little fun fact to start. This is just going to, like, kind of set up Ollie as a person, which is fun. Uh, Will originally wasn't going to take the role, but he agreed because Muhammad Ali asked him personally. Wow. Saying he was the only actor good-looking enough to play him. See, Muhammad <laughs> Ali. Wow. <laughs> I need to wake up in the morning and be like, what would Muhammad Ali do? Yeah. And just be that. Can you imagine if they I made a movie? I am Jessica Chastain. It's I look in the mirror and I'm like, I am Jessica Chastain. I was just going to say, can you imagine if one day they made a movie about me and I was like, Margot Robbie, you're the only person pretty enough <laughs> To play me. Uh, so I thought that was great. Movie opens on Will Smith running. It is February 24th, 1964. So his name is Cassius Clay Jr. And it's just a montage of him like running and training for boxing stuff. As this is happening, there's like three things happening at once. So this is happening. There's also like a nightclub and there's a singer performing. And it's actually, I think, the song that was playing in the trailer. It's very like the soulful song. And then there's also a heavyweight championship fight occurring, but not with Cassius Clay in it, like with other people. Then we get a cut to, and they don't, something about this movie that I might end up complaining about later, is they jump around in time and place a lot. And almost never tell you where they're going. Wow. So they tell me at the beginning when the movie is set, but we don't spend that much time there before they jump me to Cassius Clay as a little boy and, like, not telling me when or where this is. But it's him as a little boy, and his dad is played by Giancarlo Esposito, who (gasps) plays Gus in Breaking Bad. I love him. Yeah. So he's playing the dad, and it's, like, a young boy. It's supposed to be, I believe, 10-ish years ago. Um, so he's, like, walking his son hand in hand, 
and they're walking toward the back of a bus. And as they're walking, this movie, this movie starts out hardcore, you guys. As they're walking, there is another man on the bus reading a paper, and on the front page, it says, Nation Shocked at Lynching of Chicago Youth. It's Emmett Till. It's Emmett Till. Oh, no. And he sees that headline, and then they zoom in on the photo on the newspaper of his dead body and his face, and it's just horrific. I just taught that to my students. Really? Yeah. So he sees that, and that's just kind of some establishing for later. Now he's an adult again. So adult Cassius Clay is watching Malcolm X speak. He's speaking in front of a group of Muslims about basically how in the South you can't really turn the other cheek the way that Elijah Muhammad wants you to. And he says that we need to make sure that those who lay their hands on you never lay their hands on anyone ever again. So it's a little bit like... You can't really tell if Cassius is, like, agreeing with him because he's, like, standing in the back of the room, but he seems to think it's, like, powerful and it's kind of showing that there's, like, some rock in the boat going on in Mm -hmm. the Nation of Islam because Malcolm X is also in the Nation of Islam. We then see, it's, like, after Cassius is training, we, like, see him at a boxing, I don't know, boxing gym, and he's outside just kind of relaxing after, like, in between sets or something. And Jamie Foxx approaches him. And he says that his name is Bundini, and like you saw in the trailer, he's like, it rhymes with Houdini, and we're both Jewish, me and Houdini. <laughs> and he says that he used to work with Sugar Ray, and asks if he can be in his corner. He doesn't really, like, ask for a specific job, he just, like, wants to be on his team, because he can tell he's very talented and wants to be, like, with him. And he's like, yeah, totally. Then we see Cassius prepping for the heavyweight championship versus Sonny Liston. And in front of the press at the weigh-in, he's, like, talking shit. This was also in the trailer. And, like... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Every time he talks shit, it's in rhyme, which Mm -hmm. is very interesting. I can't... I didn't write down in the scene specific quotes, but it's very, like... It's very interesting the way he does it. And his team, like, knows some of them. So, like, Jamie Foxx is chiming in on some of them with him. And the other people don't really do this, like the other boxers. It's just a thing that Ali does, or at this point, Cassius Clay. And uh, it's like a whole show. He wants it to be this thing, like, everybody's looking at him, the press is all there. And uh, it's this point in the movie, too, where I'm kind of trying to feel how I feel about his acting and about Ollie in general, because, like, I don't really know much about this guy as a person, okay? So just kind of keep that in mind. He's very cocky, as we've already talked about, and he makes a lot of jokes, but Will Smith, like, never smiles when he's making the jokes. He's kind of, like monotone not to say that he doesn't have any personality in it but he's like he's always delivering them in a very serious way so you're like are you joking or are you like Mm -hmm. i genuinely think you fucking suck you know (laughs) um liston is huge so cassius clay and like you guys know will smith's build he did put on a lot of weight for this and he worked out a lot so he's like bigger but he's still like a thin framed man and the guy he's fighting is like fucking jacked And after he's saying, he said probably, like, I don't know, six bars of rhymes. (laughs) And this other guy just turns around. He goes, keep talking. I'm going to fuck you up. It's super scary. (laughs) And then he leaves. And Cassius is kind of like, oh. Um, And then here's where we finally see the big prosthetics reveal. So I wanted to show you a picture. I wanted to see if I can find one where it's not, like, soups obvious. But once you know who it is, I would say the voice gives it away more than the face. Gilbert Gottfried. No. <laughs> I wouldn't even say it's like this person is recognizable. Charlie Theron. <laughs> yes. No, it's a man. A white man? It is a white man. 
Screenshot it, it so we can't see any. No, you can't see the, okay. the name. I just am not sure if this is a good enough picture. It's that man next to him. Robert De Niro. No. The other one, that, that other guy. What's his name? Pacino. No. Is that um Angelina Jolie's dad? John Voight. Ding, 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 yeah. ding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Holy what's shit. funny is I saw his name in the credits, and then he was in a couple scenes, and I was like, oh my gosh, is that John Voight? And Dakota thought I was psycho, but I was like, his name is in the credits, and I think that guy just has a fake nose. And I was very proud when it was John Boyd. He's not playing, like, the president, is he? No, he's playing um, a reporter. And he also has, like, his own show. He's a pretty big deal in the press at the time. It's Howard Cassell. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that totally correct, but it's Howard Cassell. It's Howie Castle. Howie Castle. (laughs) And uh, he doesn't really do anything in this scene. It's just the first time we see him, and I think he asks some question. I would have been able to tell from his, his old man voice. Yeah. So, that's him. He doesn't do anything important in that scene. That's just when he shows up and he asks some question. Okay. We finally have... Not finally. The movie just fucking started. But <laughs> we have the uh, Cassius Clay versus Sonny Liston fight. Um, it goes on for a very long time. Like, pretty much every fight we see in this movie, we see, like, every round of the fight. Um, Voight is actually the announcer. So, oh. Howard Cassell is the announcer, but he's also, like, a big deal in the press and has his own show. Liston seems like he's winning in the first few rounds... But we see that Clay has really good footwork. So, like, even though the other guy's bigger and probably stronger, he's able to, like, move really quick and bob his head around, and he just gets these tiny little punches in that, like, really fuck the other guy up. And I was watching this with Dakota, which is cool, because he knows a lot about boxing. He used to box. I don't know if you guys knew that. Muhammad Ali's motto, like, one of the things he says all the time is, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. So essentially, it's like float with his footwork to try to avoid and then get those little punches in that like really screw up your opponent. Mm -hmm. So that's what he did. And that's exactly what we see. And he does say that in the beginning when he's talking shit. That's like one of the things he says to the other guy. And anyway, toward the end of the fight, he starts to like get the upper hand. His technique is working. And then this inspirational music starts playing. And we'll hear this music again later in the movie. And then he does end up winning Mm -hmm. and he wins the fight. Yay! And at the end, as he's, like, walking out, because he's now the heavyweight champion and is like, holy shit, he's just, like, saying all this stuff as he's walking out. He says, I am the greatest. And he's like, I'm only 22 years old. I ain't got no mark on my face. I must be the greatest. Oh, baby. 22? Wow, me at 22? I could never. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what he's saying. He's then seen hanging out with Malcolm X's family. He's like talking to the little girl, and they're all, like, sitting around the TV, watching TV and stuff, so it's just establishing that they're close. We then see that scene that you were talking about where he looks charismatic in the trailer, so Cassius is in the streets, and he's getting a ton of attention, especially now that he's a heavyweight champion. Like, everyone is calling his name, he's doing his little rhyming trash talk thing, and all the reporters are, like, trying to get a word from him and stuff. And so some reporter goes, Mr. Clay! And he says, my name is not Clay. Clay is the name of the people that owned my ancestors, and I no longer want to be called by that slave name. My name is Cassius X. So now he and Malcolm X both have the X instead of their last name. So then, yeah, so for a little bit of the story, I'm going to call him Cassius X. (laughs) Or just Cassius. Cassius is now at his apartment, he's just watching TV, and Malcolm knocks on the door. And this scene's kind of funny. Cassius is watching um, a special on termites and, like, not paying attention to what Malcolm came there to say. And he's like... Man, these things are so small, and they just destroy whole houses. And obviously Malcolm is in, like, 
a mood and came there to talk about something serious. And then they show, like, this huge building falling. And he goes, oh, man, look. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. He seems like so genuinely like, oh, they to- the whole- ate the whole house. <laughs> Who is playing Malcolm X? I recognize him, but even like seeing his name on the screen, it wasn't a name that I knew. Mm. We've probably seen him and stuff. Malcolm says that he's been invited to speak at a university in Nigeria and asks if Cassius has ever been if he wants to go. And he's like, oh, like that sounds cool, whatever. And Malcolm says because of his religion, he's been prevented from speaking out about certain civil rights issues for years and about racial crimes. And they that's when they bring up Emmett Till again, and they basically just, like, talk about that and the brutality of it. And then Malcolm X talks about just these other horrific, like, child killings, and they're both just talking about, like, how horrible it is. And he just feels like he's been locking up this anger for so long and feeling like he can do nothing. And he says, everyone knows I can't do nothing anymore. And then he tells Cassius that Elijah Muhammad has suspended me as a minister in the nation of Islam. And Ali is, like, very upset about this. And he's like, no, we, like, we can fix that. And Malcolm doesn't really want to fix it. Like, he wants to be a part of the civil rights movement. And he can't do that through the church. So he... He leaves, and they kind of are just in a disagreement. It's not like they had a fight, but mm-hmm. Ollie's like, no, you could fix this. And he's like, that's that's not the point. Like, it's not why I came here. And he leaves. Cassius, like, the very next scene is invited to Elijah Muhammad's house, which is a really big deal. And he's given the name Muhammad Ali. He goes to tell his dad, and his dad is very upset because he's Cassius Clay Sr. And he's Aww. like, why would you get rid of your name? And then, you know, he basically says the same thing, like... That's not my name. That's a slave name. And he's like, you're forgetting who you are. Like, you don't know who you are. And they argue because Ali is like, why would I pray to this, like, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus? I don't know why you want me to, like, try to be someone I'm not. And they argue, and his dad's very sad. And it's like, you see both sides, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Malcolm then gets a call that's basically somebody... Like, they don't say this, of course, but it's basically someone being like, uh, we replaced you with Ali, like... Bye, your suspension's gonna be longer than you thought, and um, Ali's not going with you to Africa, uh, by the way. they need a new spokesperson. Pretty much. Um. And then we see a scene where it's confirmed that Malcolm's phones are being tapped. Fucking J. Edgar Hoover! <laughs> I'm gonna kill that bag of bones! <laughs> Said Amy Adams. I hate him. Um, Ali does end up going to Africa, but it's not with Malcolm, it's for the Nation of Islam. And they fucking love him. Like, this really cool African song plays, and when he gets there, just, like, everyone is lining the streets waiting for him. Like, it's it's awesome. And he's, like, living the dream. He's like, wow. And then when he arrives at the hotel, he actually, like, sees Malcolm. And he's like, holy crap. And there's no bad blood. They, like, run up to each other and give each other hugs. Malcolm introduces some other people, too, but he just casually is like, here are my friends. One of them's Maya Angelou. Say hello to Maya Angelou. (laughs) (laughs) And they, like, wave. She's just off in the distance. It's Wanda Sykes. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Malcolm is basically telling him about his adventures while he's been there and, like, all the stuff that they've done, but he's actually off to a different place in Africa. So, like, this is his last day there. So they're, like, barely seeing each other as they split. It's, like, this really interesting editing choice. I don't really know why. I think it's because they didn't... Honestly, it kind of feels like they didn't want to write this conversation and they wanted to, like, focus on something else. So as they're talking, um, Muhammad Ali and Malcolm, they're, the camera's, like, panning away from them and they're 
conversation gets, like, muted so we can't really hear what they're saying. Mm. And we see that there's people spying on them from the hotel. Like, with binoculars and shit. And then it goes back to their conversation. And again, we didn't really, like, hear what went down in the conversation. But basically the way it ends is that Muhammad Ali is like, you shouldn't have quarreled with Elijah Muhammad. And basically ends the conversation. Hmm. So it's like... It's not, like, a horrible ending to the conversation. Malcolm's not, like, furious or anything, but it's just, like, bad blood. Like, he's not taking his side at all. This is another example of them just not telling me what the fuck is going on because they were in Africa for this scene, and then all of a sudden he's in a nightclub, and I'm like, I guess they're still in Africa. They're fucking not. They're back in America, which I find out, like, scenes later. (laughs) Um, So anyway, they're back in America. He's in a nightclub, and he's dancing with... Bum, 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 his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith. They're dancing very intimately and, like, flirting and, like, being pretty, like, handsy and shit. And they go back to her place and they fuck. <laughs> and, yes, they and do. And what's funny about this scene is I was, like, I'm watching it with Dakota and I was, like, do you think that any of the Smith children have watched this movie? <laughs> and then I thought of an even deeper layer where I was like, this movie came out in 2001. So they had probably filmed this like literally right after Willow was born because she was born around then. I looked it up. She was born in 2000. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that must be extra weird if there's a movie that exists out there that's basically like your parents conceiving you. <laughs> <laughs> because like that's, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what they looked like. When they made you. Um, yeah. So, anyway, so they're, like, doing it or whatever. I mean, obviously, it's not, like, intimately showing it, but I don't know if they're, like, done or if they just, like, paused to have a little chat. But he goes, you've got a pretty face for a lady's face, but, like, have you ever seen anything as pretty as mine? Wow, he is too much. And then he says... I'm like, I'm gonna get a cab. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. And then he's like... What are you, 5'3"? That's too small, but I'll make an exception. Uh, I love being nagged right after being paid. I know! <laughs> <laughs> right after being nagged! <laughs> oh, man. I, I think I leaned into the mic to snort just now. <laughs> uh, Today he goes, but you're gonna have to become Muslim. Oh, that's that scene. Then we see. Oh, I forgot to tell you her name, but Jada Pinkett Smith's character's name is Sonji. So her and Ali are arguing. It's they're they're married at this point. That's such a pretty name. Yeah, and they're arguing because she's like a powerhouse, and he wants her to act a certain way, and she's like, why would I? And she's like. I don't mind, like, doing what you say, but I don't want to do what, like, the Church of Islam says. I'm tired of, like, other people bossing me around, blah, blah, blah. And they fight about, like, what she's going to wear. And then they, like, smile at each other and bone. (laughs) And then they made up, but it's fine. (laughs) Um, Then we see Malcolm going to speak at another event. A fight starts to break out in the audience, though. And then all of a sudden, someone in the crowd pulls out a shotgun and shoots Malcolm. Oh my god! Mm. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And then the same guy runs up on stage to shoot him again, and another man also runs up and shoots him several times. They all try and shoot? They successfully kill Malcolm X. Oh 
So there are, I shouldn't say successfully, but like we are watching him. We are watching Malcolm X die. So I think it might even be three men. It all happens pretty quickly. This really sad music is playing as the crowd is fleeing because these men are shooting Malcolm X. And it's chaos. Outside the city is going nuts because everyone is like finding out about the news. And Ali is driving in his car and some just like random guy, just because everyone's trying to like spread the word about it because they don't have social media. And he's just like running around and he like bangs on Ali's car and he says, Malcolm X just got shot. And it's a horrible way for him to find out. Yeah, yeah. and Ali turns on the radio, and the radio confirms what happened, and he pulls over, and he just cries in the car. And uh, it's just clear that he's shocked, and, like, we don't know when the last time is that he saw him, but if it's the last time that we saw them interacting, it wasn't, like, the nicest experience. And then they, like, show us Malcolm's eyes and, like, his dead body for quite a long time as people are, like, trying to attend to him. Um, So although this scene is very heavy, there are a couple of cool, fun facts about it. Uh, One of them being that, I guess, Giancarlo Esposito is in the Malcolm X movie, and he actually plays one of the murderers. It was in 1992. Wow. Yes, 10 years later. Yeah. And then another cool thing, which this is, like, definitely intentional, is that the song that plays after he dies in Ali is the same song that plays as he enters the room where he dies in the Malcolm X movie. Oh. I know. Pretty crazy. Ali now has another fight with Sonny Liston. So this is Sonny Liston v. Ali the second time. And but now he's going by Ali. Yes, he is. I think they still refer to this fight, though. There, There's a lot of times later in the movie where people still refer to him as Clay, and he keeps mm. having to, like, correct people. And even, like, later when we get to all the court stuff, it has to say, like, Cassius Clay, a.k.a. Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Sonji is in the audience, so she's actually watching this fight, and she looks very, like, pretty. She's wearing a nice dress, and her hair looks really nice, like she's done up for the fight. Um, But she's also, like, super worried. Like, the whole time that he's fighting, she's visibly, like, reacting very severely to everything. Like, when he does well, she's, like, screaming. I mean, so is the whole crowd. It's not like she's causing a scene or anything. Um, And then any time he gets hit, she's, like, very concerned. Like, Like, she might even cry because she's very concerned. I would hate to watch that. That would suck, dude. Yeah. If, you, uh, if your person is really good, though, it's super sick. But it's like they're not good forever. He ends up winning. He does win the fight. And he's... Backstage isn't the right word. What's the right word? He's, like, behind... In the locker room? But it's not a locker room. It's, like, a hallway. I don't know. In anyway, the wings. Yeah, yeah. He's in the wings of the studio. Um, <laughs> he's, like, back in the area where the athletes and their team is. And Sonji runs up to him, and she has, like, a fur coat now because she's not sitting anymore, so it's, like, her whole outfit. She runs up to him and hugs him, clearly, like, oh, thank God, and she asks if he's okay, and he's just, like, he's, like, not even really hugging her back, and he looks, like, really mad, and he goes, why are you all done up like that? Shut up! I know. And she's, like, she doesn't even really respond. She's, like, I literally am just, like, out there worried to death about you, and you're worried, like about me not looking dull enough? What the fuck? And he's like, well, what if I straightened my hair and moved into some white suburb? How I am says something. And she just kind of looks at him. Again, it's like, you are so focusing on the wrong thing right now. Like, I'm trying to look nice. I'm trying to support you. And you're just, like, giving me shit. And so she walks away, like, really sad. I haven't mentioned that he's there yet because he hasn't really, like, done anything super crucial yet. But Jeffrey Wright is also here. The actor. 
Love you. Yeah, he's oh, hell playing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I actually wrote down his name, but he's like one of Ali. Again, he's like in his corner, and yeah. he's um, like his personal photographer. I think oh. he even, like, helps write a biography Ooh, about him. Cool. So he's, like, his personal photographer and friend. Like, everyone on his team is also a friend. As she's, like, walking away, Jeffrey Wright asks if he should go get her, and Ali just doesn't say anything. They're, like, back in his hotel room. I don't actually know if it's Ali's hotel room. I think it might be, like, his manager or some somebody else. There's, like, a bunch of people that we've seen in the movie already. Um, his dad is there. Elijah Muhammad's son is there, who we're actually going to see a lot more than Elijah Muhammad. His name is Herbert. And he advises Ali how to deal with a divorce from Sanji. Hmm. And it's like, that fucking escalated quickly. I, I believe this happened today, if not like yesterday. And he's like, here's how we're going to deal with a divorce that's like appropriate through the Nation of Islam. And they kind of talk about that. And Cassius Clay Sr. is in the room. And again, just like being very open about being very disappointed in his son. He's like, what is this? Like, and he, I forget exactly what he says to him, but he's basically like, your brother, oh, he calls Herbert his brother. And he's like, that's not your brother. Your brother actually is on a plane with your wife because she's crying. Like, who are you? What are you doing? And it's kind of badass because it's like, you're being a dick. And uh, again, he says that he's forgotten who he is. Ali then sees a newspaper headline that says he was drafted for the war. Oh. And he's like, what? <laughs> and he goes on to John Voight's show, and he's like, so, I guess I was drafted for the war, but that doesn't really make sense, because I flunked the draft board test, and now, like, oh, all of a sudden they think I'm smart enough to go to war. Like, this, something's fucking fishy. Him and Cassell, like, have this back and forth on the show. Um, but, so, Ali and Cassell have this, like, back and forth And this is another one of those moments where I'm, like, trying to analyze how I feel about the characters and about their performances, because it doesn't really come across as joking. They're, like, being mean to each other, and I'm like, I think it's supposed to be, like, playful and joking, but they are both saying it with a straight face, and they're, like, not laughing, (laughs) and I'm like, what? What is going on? And, like, I think that they're both genuinely good actors, like... In all the other shows, maybe seen that's him in. just what it was really like. Yeah, maybe that's. And, well, <laughs> I, I don't really want to get into this until later, but I wanted to watch videos of Muhammad Ali to see what his personality was like. He was a lot more charismatic than this. Oh, okay. So I was very confused, and I was just like, I don't really know how to feel about this. Um, but then it is like revealed that they're just like they are good friends, and they're just like joking, and I'm like, okay, sure. Cassell basically says, this is after they're not on air anymore, Cassell tells Ali, like, you're being drafted for political reasons, this is not an accident. And they both are like, yeah. He basically says that they're worried about his political influence on the civil rights movement, and so they're trying to get him the fuck out of here. So it's now the induction ceremony where they're like, you're actually fucking going to war, and they basically are, they say everyone's name and you're supposed to step forward, and he doesn't. And they, like, get in his face, and they're like, you will literally go to prison. Are you going to step forward? And he doesn't. And so they tell us that the maximum sentence for that would be five years in prison with a $10,000 fine. So he goes back to, I don't really know where, but he's, like, with his team again and, like, his legal representatives and stuff. And he's getting calls from the press about it because everyone's starting to hear about it. And we can't hear what they're asking him, but his responses are, I ain't got a problem with Viet Cong. No Viet Cong ain't never called me the Mm N-word. And they're like, 
do you know what you just did there? Because that's, like, the last thing he says before he hangs up, and his team is kind of like, that's, like, an active statement against the war. And he's like, yeah, well, I don't really care what people think. I just want to speak what I believe, and that's the truth. Good yeah. for him. Good for yeah. him. It's a sick quote. So the next day, um, his team is basically saying that his boxing license may be revoked by the state, and they're like, you can't let that happen, like, you need to be submissive and do what they tell you, because the next three to four years are, like, the prime for a boxer. Mm. So if you're in prison for five years, that's, like, your career. You can't do this. And he's like, I'm not gonna apologize, that's ridiculous. There's, like, there's a lot of things that we go through, like, these different hearings and different court, all these different things. But basically, there's another moment where the press is asking him all these questions, but this time in person, and he says a lot of really great stuff, but I just wrote down some of the highlights. He says, I've been in jail for 400 years. I ain't going 10,000 miles to kill other people. Yeah. Mm. He says, you my enemy. You want me to go somewhere and fight for you? You won't fight for me right here in America. Yeah. He fucking slaps. The fuck was up. That's, wow. He ends up going to court officially, and they find him guilty, and he's, like, even, like, even in court, he's standing his ground, and they're like, we find you guilty. And he's like, fine, give me my sentence. Like, can I get out of here? This is ridiculous. And so they give him the maximum sentence of five years in prison, $10,000 fine. And they say that his boxing license will be revoked, and his passport will be taken, so he can't box anywhere else either. He doesn't go to jail, however, and they don't really, like, explain why until a couple scenes later, but we just kind of, like, see him on the streets of, again, I'm assuming Chicago, because they talk about Chicago later, um, and he's, like, running and, and just, like, kind of living what looks like a normal man's life. So he visits this bakery um, that he, like, runs past, and he flirts with this worker who works there at the bakery, and she's like, oh, we've actually met before. He's like, oh, we have? And she's like, yeah, I it's inter- me, Sanji. <laughs> <laughs> she rips off her mask. It's Sanji. She's <laughs> modest enough for you. Yeah. I'm she's- a humble baker now. <laughs> That's Jada in disguise. Can you believe it? Um, she says that back in the day, she interviewed him for her school paper. Aww. And, yeah. And she is a little bit creepy, though, because Don't we- date her. Yeah. Ew. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> creepy because you're like, how old was he because she says she was 12 or 11 or something, and you're like, he was probably 18 or so. So that's kind of gross. But she's like, I loved you then, and I still love you. And she's obviously of age now. I don't know how old, though. And then, like, pretty much immediately after that scene, they're married. Of course. I don't know how long it actually was. And then the scene after the Nation of Islam is planning their divorce. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. He says, that dress is too nice, and then they get divorced. Um, I wrote right here, there are so many characters, holy crap, because there's another person whose name I didn't even bother to learn because he's just, like, his advisor of legal stuff. He's probably also something else, like his friend or something. But anyway, there's so many people. So his, like, advisor guy says they'll need to appeal his case. They say in front of somebody and then also the Supreme Court. So they have to, like, go appeal his case, which is why he's not in jail, because they, like, were granted an appeal, blah, blah, blah. All this legal stuff. And he says that they'll have to do all that stuff before they could potentially get his boxing license back. This advisor guy is like, you pretty much don't have any money left, so you're going to need to partner with some fast food chains. It's like kind of a silly conversation. They want to do like Ali's burger and fries and like this whole kind of thing. And he really doesn't want to because he's like, that sounds lame. And he's like, well, what are you going to do for money? Like, that's how poor you are. 
So he agrees. We then see Ollie at home with his wife, and now he has a baby. So they have a baby together. And then, again, like, this movie just... Some of the stuff that happens, A, happens so fucking fast, and B, you're like, they just did that to establish what's going on. MLK Jr. gets shot. I was gonna say, is that in a newspaper? pretty much out of the blue. No, he's on the phone with his, like, legal advisor guy, and his legal advisor guy is at the motel. Whoa. Where he gets shot. And I'm like, was that real that he was there? And then he runs upstairs, and MLK Jr. is just dead. And I'm like, what the... It happens so fast. Mm. Um, and then they show the riots right after, and they show Ali, like, watching all this go down. And then it cuts to Jeffrey Wright and Ali watching a fight on TV. And they're just kind of having a conversation about fighting... And his wife says if he ever gets to fight again, he needs to put new people around him. And then they have this serious conversation where she's like, everyone abandoned you. Like, we've been borrowing money from my family because you ran out of money and, like, they love you when you got it and they leave you when you don't. Mm -hmm. Like, you need people around you who are actually loyal so that if this ever happens again, you won't get screwed. Ali calls Cassell while he's interviewing, I believe it's Joe Frazier, and Ali, like, calls in, so he actually, like, gets the call, and Ali's on speaker so that Cassell and the guy he's interviewing can hear. Mm, good press. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Ali basically, like, outs the Nation of Islam and, like, all the people that were around him in the time of his boxing because he's, like... Yeah, um, all of a sudden I'm broke. Like, I don't know how that happened. And he's basically just, like, outing everybody. And he doesn't, like, say names or anything. But he's like, yeah, how'd that happen? Like, and even Cassell is like, weren't you, like, the richest guy in the world? He's like, I fucking thought so. Like, I don't know what's going on. And um, pretty much immediately after that interview, Elijah Muhammad makes a press announcement that Ali is being removed from the Nation of Islam. Mm -hmm. Ali then goes to Bundini's house because he was told by a friend that Bundini is like hit rock bottom. He's like in this drug-induced state where he's just been like just off by himself somewhere. Well, I haven't seen Jamie Foxx in forever. Not in forever, yeah. yeah. And he's just kind of like in the background of a lot of this. Like yeah. when he was doing all the fighting, he was there all the time. And then I don't think he's necessarily like a fake friend like some other people. I think he was just like, what do I have to live for? And kind of like spiraled. So Ali goes there to try to like get him out of this, but then Bundini like confesses to basically selling information about Ali in order to get drugs. Ooh. And he begs him. He's so like desperate and he begs to be back in his inner circle and Ali refuses and leaves. Oh, that's your one friend left. He did something shitty. It's fine. So then Ali shows up at Cassell's trailer. They're, like, backstage. It's very strange. They're, like, outside. I don't really know where he is, but he knows where Cassell is, and he wants to have a talk with him. And they, I mean, they obviously are, like, like, he talked to him when the whole getting drafted thing happened. He called him about the whole financial thing, and now it's, like, I'm coming to you for something else that we can do together again. Yes, yeah, like, a very tropey relationship of... How they're symbiotic like that, yeah. Yeah, he, like, really helps him with these big life things. And so Cassell is like, okay, come back on the show. Like, the same show where he talked about the draft. Cassell is basically like, Ali, you need to fight Frazier. Like, that's the new, that's the new hot boxer. You need to fight him. And Ali is like, well, right now I'm fighting the U.S. government, so I guess I can't. And then he kind of does this little bit where he goes into this huge, like, this is what it would be like if I were to fight Frazier. And he gets up from his seat, uh, and he's doing a whole, like, 
oh, Ali does this, and then Frazier does this, and then, oh, and he goes through, like, a whole play of what the boxing match would look like, and he's like, aw, too bad you'll never get to see that. Didn't that sound fucking sick, though? And then that's the show, and the phones are (laughs) ringing off the hook. Halfway point. Yeah. Well, he's gonna be victorious. Yeah, he'll maybe, I, I, I know that, but, like, maybe before then he'll have, like, a... I'm assuming he fights Frazier more than once. Maybe the first time he loses. Okay. Then he trains harder. Or maybe... Yeah, because it's only the halfway point. Yeah. He's going to have to... He's going to be humbled. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely needs to be a humbling moment. Yeah. Be humble. The Nation of Islam dumped you. He's going to have to go back to Bundini. Otherwise, why is Bundini there? Mm. Unless that's the end of Bundini. I mean, he drops Sanji pretty fast. (laughs) Um, And then he's going to train... And it's going to be one of those really uplifting, inspiring stories that the nation is going to be glued to because they once liked him. The war in Vietnam is going to come to a close and it's going to be revealed that he was in the right that whole time and Mm. so he'll be forgiven for that. I hope. There's some people that are like still angry at Jane Fonda for speaking out against (laughs) the Vietnam War. You know? And then he'll live as a legend. Mm. Yeah. I don't know what his current relationship with the Nation of Islam is. His name's still Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder if he's going to have a kind of moment where he's like, the only person I can count on is myself. Like, mm. I need to do my work and do what I do best. And, you know, I can't rely on the people who said that they were going to be loyal to me and they yeah. aren't. So, yeah, I think he needs to be humbled and... I'd say y'all are on the right track. I One thing I wanted to, like, another guessing game for you. Um, there's going to be another big-name boxer that appears in this movie. It's definitely someone whose name you know. Mm. I made a joke to Dakota where I was like, isn't it sad that... I was like, maybe not everyone, but at least when I hear his name now, I don't... Mike Tyson. Oh. That's a great guess, but that's not it. I said, I don't think of him as a boxer. I think of him as the... Oh, uh, oh, George Foreman. Yeah! <laughs> I was like, isn't that sad that I think of George Foreman grill the before grill. I think of the boxer? <laughs> do you remember Drake and Josh when they had the Gary Coleman grills? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, George Foreman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you know that he named all of his kids George? What? That's hilarious. Yeah, his How kids are... How many kids is he have? Like seven, and wow. their names are like George, Georgie, Georgina, Georgia. Wow. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Anything else you want to say before I continue? No, I'm ready. I'm learning lots. Yeah. Okay. Back to the movie. We then see Ali meeting with Joe Frazier. They're, like, in Joe's car, and they're just having a chat. And he basically says, I'm going to go fight that preliminary fight with this other guy. Not important. And he's like, I'm going to go do the preliminary fight with that other dude um, because there's no state boxing board or whatever it's called in Atlanta. So he's like allowed to box there. I know. Isn't that weird? Atlanta's its own country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was going to ask this earlier. It's kind of wild that you need a license to box. I mean, they took away mm-hmm. Tony Harding's skating. That, yeah. That, so that was the parallel that I um, was going to say earlier. Yeah. And Joe agrees that he will fight Ali if he wins that preliminary fight. And if they do fight, that would be for the heavyweight championship. Again. And he's, he's like, originally kind of scared, but then he's like, no, nah, I'm going to kick your ass. The other guy says that to Ali. Uh, Ali is, like, retraining because he hasn't really been, like, vigorously training in a while. And Bundini shows up. 
and he's like, I'm clean, I want to help you, like, I'll do anything, and Jamie Foxx basically starts chanting, like, one of his little rhyme things, and he does the whole, like, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, and they start, like, kind of chanting together, and he doesn't say, like, you're back, but he's back. Nice. So they're good. Ollie then fights in Atlanta. It's like a pretty nothing-really-happens fight. He wins. Duh. That's not where the drama was. And he seems like back to his old self. Everyone in the crowd is chanting his name, and it's awesome. And then, oh my god, guess who shows up after the show? Guess. Guess. No, that's a great guess, but no. Is it a character or an actor? A character. Just someone who has to come crawling back. Oh, um, Elijah Muhammad. The son, but yes. the Herbert. One, yep, exactly. <laughs> and it's like him and like another guy who we, we see a bunch but doesn't really do much. And they're back and before they like approach Muhammad, his wife basically whispers, you don't need them, and walks away. Ooh. And she's kind of like eyeing from afar, basically like, don't take those fucking fake friends back. And they come over and Herbert is like, hey, you get to be Muslim again. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, my dad said, or whatever. And Ali goes, uh, I never stopped, just like I never stopped being a champ. And Herbert is really defensive, not being like, oh, come on. He's like, dude, like, my dad said that. It's not as stupid as this, but it is very, like, it is very dumb. Like, the whole thing is very dumb. He's like, one, I never stopped. My dad said you can't play with us anymore. (laughs) My dad said I can't talk to you anymore. It's just very stupid. It's like, he tells him he can't believe something he believes, and then he's like, oh, you get to be Muslim again. He's like, I always was, and you fucking suck. And he's like, I begged my dad not to kick you out. And he's just kind of like, okay, that's dumb. And he says, was that before I promoted this fight or after I won it? And Herbert is basically just trying to blame everything on his dad, and Ali has had enough, and he even brings up, like, the money thing. And how they totally screwed him over, and that's when he's, like, trying to blame it on his dad. And Ollie's like, you guys suck. I don't need you. Bye. And they leave. Ollie is then um, at a dinner with his friends and family, and it's nice because his dad is there, and it seems like this is actually, like, he's solid and stable. He has, like, a good wife and a baby and his dad and, like, family and friends that are, like, good friends. And he gets a phone call, and it's Cassell telling him that the Supreme Court has ruled a unanimous decision about his fate. He won 8-0. to zero. He's Ooh. free. Um, then it's time for the fight with Frazier. But he's having a really tough time. And there's even, like, these scenes where you see him trying to do the footwork, and he's even, like, in his head, like, come on, feet, like, move back. And it's just, like, not working. Something's not going well, and we don't really know what. But it's just, like, not working. And Joe Frazier does end up winning the fight. Mm. But he does agree to a rematch for the title again in Jamaica in six months. Pretty much immediately, we cut to a scene where Frazier is fighting George Foreman and loses. So now George Foreman is the heavyweight champ, and that means that he would actually have to fight George Foreman instead of Joe Frazier. And George Foreman is kind of like that first guy he fought. He's fucking big. Mm. So it's a little intimidating. Don King appears, and like Don King is just one of those people who like I know who he is and I know what he looks like. I don't know shit about him. Apparently, he was George Foreman and other boxers promoter. Like that's why he was famous. I was like, okay, now I know who you are. Cool. Um, 
And he's at this press conference with Ali, and he's, and George Foreman's there as well, and it's just, like, promoting the fight, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember if they actually say the title of the fight, but I found this online. Ali and Foreman are prepping for the heavyweight championship, but it's, like, this legendary fight that's called the Rumble in the Jungle, (laughs) because it's in the Congo. I like the precedence. You ever watch the press yeah. event where they, like, make them get really close together and, like, touch forehead? Oh, yeah. And, like, maybe sometimes. Oh, I like it when they're sitting on the panels. That's light. And they're like, yeah. I'm going to kick him in his fucking teeth. And the other guy's Say like. Say that again. <laughs> yeah. Say that to my face. And they throw some chairs and try and get each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like the one that with Don King. They're just, like, all sitting at a panel. And there's a part where Don King, like, lists attributes about George Foreman. And then Ollie's like, he learned how to find D in the dictionary. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> Um, so then they arrive in the Congo, like they're already in the Congo for the rumble and the jungle, and they, they basically, like, show an establishing shot, not establishing, but, like, to establish what George Foreman is like, we're, like, zoomed in on a punching bag, and you just see the fist of George Foreman hit the punching bag, and it's terrifying. You're like, that guy is fucking strong! He's so much bigger than Will Smith, oh my gosh. Ali then goes on a run... And, like, all the civilians are following him, and just, like, as he's running, more and more people are coming, like, some are dropping off, and they're all, like, chanting his name, and this really sick song plays, I believe it's the same song from the beginning when he was, like, uh, winning the first fight, I'll even, maybe I'll play it for you after this if I remember, it's a sick song, um, and it goes on for ages, this scene goes on forever as they're, like, running through the town and kind of, like, showing what everything looks like, And he's just, it seems like he's starting to get really overwhelmed, but in, like, a positive way. Just feeling like, wow, all these people really look up to me. And then there's, like, this mural of him on the wall with his little fighting gloves. And he just looks like maybe he's gonna cry. And it's very nice. Um, Then he goes back to wherever he's staying. It's not, like, a hotel room. It's, like, a beautiful house that they have for him because they're supposed to be in the Congo for, like, a long-ass time. His wife is there with him. But they start to fight because she's really worried about the fate of the match. Like, she's legitimately worried he might die. And she's like, the people who put you in this fight, they don't care about your safety. Like, they care about the publicity of the fight. And I'm just really worried about you. She, like, kind of doesn't want him to do it. She doesn't ask him not to or anything. But it's, like, very tense. And he just, he also just doesn't really resolve his arguments. It seems like he doesn't like conflict. Kind of like how Sunji left and then they, like, never saw her again. And so he kind of acts like he's going to leave, and she's like, she talks about a family member, I believe, and says that they're sick, and so she wants to go back to Chicago to take care of them, and that she'll be back for the fight. And he's like, okay. And that's, like, pretty much it. So it's pretty sad, because she's just worried about him, and he's like, oh, you don't believe in me? Like, blah, 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 and then he leaves. A bunch of reporters gather around at some restaurant or something to interview Ali, and he basically zones in his eyes on, like, the prettiest one. And he's like, you can come. <gasps> no! Yeah, dude. He's like, you can come interview me. And she, like, sits over with him and the camera, like, zooms in on her face many times to show us how fucking pretty she is. And her name, you won't even believe it. It's She's a real person. Her name is Veronica Porsche. Wow. Yeah. Slay. Wow. And they flirt How and... How Pete? <laughs> I know. We don't even know the wife's name. <laughs> yeah, that's something too, is that like, I'm sure they say it, but I never wrote down her name. I feel like 
she was just this the stable person in his life, and they're like, that's boring, boo, we don't need a name. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they flirt, and he, like, constantly is talking about her appearance and just, like, how beautiful she is, and asks her to go on a walk with him, and pretty much immediately is, like, confessing his love for her, even though they just fucking met, and he's like, I have a weak heart for women, like, the minute that I see someone, I, like, fall in love, and he also makes a comment about how he can equally be the best husband and the worst husband at the same time, and he puts his arm around her, and they, like, walk together, mm-hmm. like, it's all romantic and stuff. And then Ali's wife has now returned to Africa. She's waiting for him when he gets back to the room. And then it's revealed that she knows about him having multiple affairs. And she's like, I can deal with the casual ones, but this is fucking disrespectful. Everybody knows now. And yeah. this is this seems like serious and not just like a little fling. And she asks if he loves Veronica and he says he doesn't know. So now it's the day of the fight. Honestly, that doesn't really get fleshed out much. They just like... Throw that in there. Now it's time of the fight. Uh, the arena is pretty sick because it's, like, open air, unlike most of the boxing arenas that we've seen. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, the biggest stadium ever. There's so many people. It's very cool. There's a lot of guards there. The referee is there, and he's telling the fighters, like, the specific rules for this, I don't know, this match itself or something. But Ali keeps doing, like, the trash-talking thing, and the ref is literally like, Ali, shut up. And then he keeps talking, and then Ali will interrupt him. He's like, stop. Like, literally, I have to tell the rules. And then he keeps doing it, and he goes, Ali, I'm going to disqualify you. (gasps) And he doesn't disqualify him, but, like, he does interrupt him again. It's like, dude, can you you not? (laughs) The fight goes on. This one, I know I said there was so much fighting, and it feels like an eternity, but this one literally (laughs) takes forever. And that's kind of the point of this one, because what's happening is that The other guy's basically winning. And so it gets to a point where Ali is, like, trying to tire him out. And so, obviously, that takes a long time. Yeah. And so I decided at this point, boxing is definitely not for me. Ali... What? (laughs) It's cool. Um, Ali keeps getting, like, pinned up against the ropes. And every time that he does, his team is freaking out. Like, stop. Like, you can't let him do that. Because usually his thing is being defensive and, like, maneuvering around. But he keeps getting backed into the ropes. And then George is getting these, like insane punches in and so they keep being like you need to get off the ropes but eventually we see that it's turning into a tactic where he keeps like doing enough good defense and not letting him get like good jabs to the face to where he ends up tiring him out yeah and eventually it like turns around where he's able to get the upper hand because George is so tired wow and then he's like back to his old self doing the little jabs and and then that cool song plays again yeah and it's like it's fucking slaps it's and, not just a physical game, it's a mind game, too. Yeah. And it's like, now he's really back. He's thinking with his mind and not just like, I can do this. And uh, he does. He knocks him down, and it's pretty epic. And they're like, Ollie is again the heavyweight champion! Wow. And everyone goes insane. That's the end of the movie. Whoa! Whoa! whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I am floored. I expected, like, so nope. much more. Nope. Okay, like, suck it, wife. <laughs> um, I win for now. <laughs> yep. Um, there's a couple more things to say, just, like, fact-wise, before we get into rating and stuff. Ali was the first fighter, at the time at least, to capture the heavyweight title three times. I believe this one was only his second time. We've only seen two in the movie. Um, he does end up marrying Veronica in real life and mm-hmm. divorcing his wife. And then and divorcing I believe, her eventually? 
He gets married again after Veronica. Wow. wow. Boo. It's, yeah, it's upsetting. It seems like he moved on very fast from each of them. Um, Sorry to that woman. <laughs> so here's something where it's like, it's not necessarily like a conversation, but what's interesting is I found this fact out in a really random way, which I'll tell you after I tell you what it is, but I thought this would play a much larger role in the movie, but it doesn't happen until later. Ten years after Rumble in the Jungle, Ali is officially diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Oh, God. Yeah. And I only found this out because I just read Michael J. Fox's book, and so I was just, like, watching random videos that would come up from, like, me reading and wanting to look up Michael J. Fox videos, and there was, like, a Parkinson's PSA Mm -hmm. video thing from the 80s with him and Muhammad Ali. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that's what Ali is about. It's not, because it happens later, but I was like... Damn, and so it makes me wonder, because they don't really get into it, that's probably why there was that scene with the footwork getting fucked up, where he's like, come on, feet, work, and they're like, not, because it was only ten years prior, so they don't really explain why that scene happened, I'm just, so that's that. Um, He did pass away in 2016, and Will Smith did attend his funeral. Aww. Yeah. So not that long ago. Anything else to say or ask before we rate it? Ready? Three, two... One, reveal. What is that? Six. Oh. <laughs> I'm six! It's five, but then only one. <laughs> if you're, I love that it could be anything. You could have been like, no, it's a seven inside. He's going like this. <laughs> but I drew Funny. boxing gloves. Six. Okay, so Kayleen here, I gave it a six. I gave it a 5.5. I gave it a six. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so can we go first? Okay, I gave it a 5.5 just because I don't have a lot of patience for, like, older movies mm. that don't have, like, you know, pretty good pacing, mm. and it seems like this kind of maybe goes on for longer, and I'm just like, like, it sounds like he's kind of hard to empathize with. Not at all parts, like, I, I kind of feel like earlier in his life, it, it's like, it's easier to empathize with him. Right. But it should kind of be the opposite. He grows into somebody that we root for. Yeah. Um, but you can't, you know, you have to do justice to the real person. Uh, perhaps that's how he really was. So, you know, you, you can't take, like, artistic liberties right. with that and stuff. But um, I don't know if I'd want to sit through, like, a, a bunch of really, really long boxing. Like, I think I'm used to boxing movies that make that really dynamic. Mm-hmm. And you still get the full extent of what the fighting is. I'm pissed that he was, like, not nice to his women, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to stick stick to the movie, stick to criticizing the movie itself. <laughs> um, I, I do like boxing movies. Like, I always think that they're so, like, invigorating, and I like it when they win. <laughs> I know that sounds basic, but it's, like, it's so fun, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I like that. I do like that they integrated, like, the stuff about his political life and experiences into, you know, him being a boxer and stuff. That's it, I guess. I don't know if anything I said tonight made enough sense. Oh, yes, it did. (laughs) I I really liked the historical aspect of it, and it sounds like they handled that subject matter very well and and did a justice to what... Muhammad Ali was trying to do, and mm-hmm. so I, I would be eager to watch all of those scenes, and then boxing I am down with, too, um, but not if it's going on to a, an extent like that you're saying. I yeah. don't want to watch 
that much of it. <laughs> yeah. Because the boxing stories that are good are the ones that are about the people. Mm-hmm. And I agree with Kimmy a lot of it and what you've said along the way. Like, it just makes me wonder, how would I feel about this character, whether it's right. Will's portrayal or whether it's the writing or whether it's the real person. I'm sure Will gives a great performance. I like all these cool things that they seemed to have done with the music and with uh, past movies, that that's really neat. Mm-hmm. It's been on my letterbox watch list like, since I got a letterbox. Oh, I'm wow. going to go ahead and say maybe someday. <laughs> I don't think I'll watch it for this round yeah. just because I heard it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it sounds long, but yeah, cool. Good for them. Yeah, I would say I agree with those things. I, didn't, I obviously didn't want to say this earlier to like cloud anything. I don't know why, you guys. Maybe it's because of how long of a movie it was. I also just think it's because of... I mean, you heard the part where I talked about MLK Jr. getting shot. Like, there was just shit like that where I couldn't really do a fast skip-through when I took my notes because little shit will happen in 30 seconds that I need to remember to say. And so it was like, this was one of the most painful note-taking experiences I've had for this podcast. It was just so tedious... I felt like I was doing it forever. It was definitely, that was part of the daunting part of this for me. And there was a part of me that was, like, really excited to be, like, I would pause the movie and be like, I want to make sure I'm saying this correctly or being accurate. And so I would go, like, research what I was about to type. And that was cool because I did feel like I was getting a better understanding of these things that I felt more, like, surface-level knowledge of. Even just, like, the nation of Islam and some of, like, how that stuff is run, you know? Not that I obviously didn't become an expert, but just, like, learning these surface-level things about, like, who Elijah Muhammad was, who his son was, what their roles were, like, with Malcolm X and with Muhammad Ali, just stuff like that, where it was cool to learn about, but it added so much more work to this (laughs) podcast. Well, you did it very well. Thank you. I really felt like, you know what, I think that Will Smith is doing a good job And that maybe I just don't like Muhammad Ali as a guy. Like, maybe he's just too cocky for me. And I just, like, don't really find his jokes all that funny. Maybe I'm just, like, not getting the charm. And then I went and watched this little compilation of, like, interviews with him because I just wanted to get a sense of his personality. And he, like, smiles a lot more. And, like, the way he tells his jokes are just a little bit more... It's almost like how a boy is cocky. You know, and you don't really, like, fault a boy for being cocky because you're like, yeah, that's, like, how you behave. Whereas with Will Smith, I don't know, there was something about it that felt like, yeah, what of it? This is who I am. Interesting, too, because everyone knows how charming Will Smith is. Yeah, and I agree that he is. So I, and what also makes me mad is that him and John Voight both got nominated for Oscars, so I'm like, what the fuck do I know? Maybe I'm an idiot, but (laughs) I just really, like, wasn't, I wasn't into the performances. So, um, those were a couple things. I feel like there was something else I wanted to point out. Oh, also, like, I really liked all the political parts of the movie, and I did like seeing him win the fights and the parts when the fights get really intense and the cool music plays, but it felt, again, like you said, with the pacing, like, there just wasn't a good balance. Like, nothing... They spent too much time on stuff they shouldn't, maybe not enough time on stuff they should, like, the relationships, and... Yeah, it just felt like it was two and a half hours because they couldn't figure out how the fuck to piece this together. Mm. And I feel like my review was making it sound like this movie was garbage. It really wasn't, and ultimately I was disappointed. You gave it a six. That's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's it wasn't a bad movie, and I think it should be watched, if nothing else, for, like, historical purposes, but um, didn't really do it for me. Mm. 
Thanks for explaining it, though. Well, yeah. Um, who wants to go first with watch list and recommendations? Um, I feel, for adding to my watch list, I feel out to sea without a show to watch at the moment. And mm. I'm very jealous of Kayleen's OC. And so I'm <laughs> like, do I rewatch all of One Tree Hill? I think yes. Ooh. My recommendation for the week is Fighting With My Family. I knew it. Fighting With My Family <laughs> is such a good movie. Yeah. It is women's wrestling with Florence Pugh, and it does not focus on the fights. <laughs> Fighting With My Family is... Yeah. I wouldn't say flawless, but I do adore it. I I love that movie, yeah. and I, I love how it is about her personal journey and her relationship to her brother and, obviously, her family. Mm-hmm. And then even the women who she's training with, it's not about the actual fights. We get, like, one major fight from her, and that's all I need. Yeah. Um, it's such a good movie. And she's yeah. real. She's a real person, Paige. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't think you're going to put this, but I'm scared. And so my watch list ad... Is that movie Monday that I briefly mentioned on, like, last week or the week before. It's the Sebastian Stan sexy sex movie, and <laughs> it comes out a week from today. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, I mean, Ooh. not for you listeners, it'll be, like, out by then, but a week from today, which is 4.16, that comes out. But I think you have to pay, like, 20 bucks to watch it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And then I want to recommend... I already mentioned it, but I'm going to recommend for the week I, Tanya, which nice. is not about fighting, but it's a great sports movie and I think also does what Fighting With My Family does, where it rides that nice line of story and uh, the actual sport, and it also has like a lot of good drama. And figures getting so much better to look at. <laughs> it's so much prettier. So for my watch list ad, I, I've been challenged to, to put it million dollar baby. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! But you, uh, I wasn't gonna, I forgot about putting this, but you brought it up. What I wanted to say was, I didn't write this down, but you talking about Sebastian Stan made me remember that I wanted to say this. Uh-huh. I don't know why it took me so long, but I only just yesterday watched the Loki trailer. Oh. For the Loki TV show. Mm-hmm. And I'm pumped for that. For my recommendation, I'm going to put 8 Mile. Mm. And I know that this movie doesn't really have much to do with the themes of Ollie. But for some reason, when the whole time we're preparing to come in here, Ollie, <laughs> all I feel like I'm coming in at is 8 Mile for some reason. And I think it's because, like, I think that it's because the movie Southpaw is about boxing and they have an Eminem song in that movie. Uh-huh. That's all I can think of. Okay, guys. Catch us next week for what we made a bunch of hints about earlier that might have been cut from the podcast. It's Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights! Our first PTA film. Wow. Oh, yeah. Also, what's kind of fun is that Ali, none of us had seen until I watched it, and this one is the same deal. So Courtney and I will be watching it for the first time and then explaining it to Kimmy. Very excited. Adventure. Woo. Catch us then.